Show presents Scratch It Trailer. The podcast where we debate which track to scratch off some of the most known and unknown albums of all time. We live in an era of singles. This is an album. People no longer listen to an album for the work it truly is. It kind of defines a band. It's just not something that people relate to nowadays. We've all gotten the dreaded. Started out as a game. Which track on the album would would you scratch out if you had to? Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Scratch Track Podcast presented by the Dude and Grim Show and co-produced by Mr. I-V-E-S-T. I am the Dude. And I am Grim, and today we are going to discuss the one of the newest ones we've done in a full scratch, and that is Daddy's Home by St. Vincent. Yes. And you'll see here, dude, I got two of yeah. these, so it looks like you have the alternate cover as well. I do. I do have the alternate. And I got the regular the marble one. vinyl. Oh, I haven't even opened it. So, oh, it's just black smoke oh. vinyl. Cool. Yeah, that but one. I've never that opened it. Cool. I mean, I still got my hype sticker. That's how I know what color vinyl it is. Dude, it's badass. Yep, man. Still got my hype sticker, but I opened up the, the regular one. The regular one. Yeah. No, it is cool that they came out with like you know the the alternate cover, different version, whatever. Oh, just setting up the I mean, demand later in time. You know, exactly, basically just exactly. making an investment in your future. Well, you do sometimes see like the limited edition with like the smoke vinyl, but throwing in an alternate cover. Now, that's not something you oh, see every day. Yeah, that. Yeah. Um, big fan, big Stan. Yeah. So we did when this came out, uh, did a first impressions on the album. I mean, it was one of it's been one of kind of my. uh albums throughout 2021 i'm definitely ready to do a full scratch on it because i've really taken time to digest it in all its glory i would say yeah yeah because we started um we did a first impression of this album and then we did a full scratch of uh what was the what was the album that we did a full scratch over her self-titled um, st vincent is it, yeah. okay, it was a self-titled okay yeah. And uh yeah, that was pretty cool. That was almost my first exposure to to her and listening to her music and when Daddy's Home came out, I had been listening to the self-titled album for a while and I was just blown away. Like when I heard this, I was like this is already the album of the year. Like I just thought it was. Yeah, and I absolutely agree with that. There was a lot of hype that came with it and um she really like changed her look to and went to the, I mean, I would almost describe it as looking sort of like a 70s starlet in a way. And, and, yeah. Uh, but before that, didn't look like that. It had like a short kind of crop, like black haircut. I mean, it just uh, in, in true like artist fashion, you know, like kind of creating of this, this alternate persona. And to me, the cover of it and everything about it, like her look and everything, like I said, seems old, older. And the music has that sort of um, 70s kind of vibe as well. Um, I know there was a, I, I heard a lot of talk of some of the albums that, that were kind of cited as um, influence for this. Like, uh, I believe Pretzel Logic by Steely Dan was one that I remember, which, oh, okay. which you could get. I mean, because the one of the things that I would have to note is the keyboard playing in it and specifically 
Um, Jack Antonoff, the producer, his playing of the Wurlitzer electric piano is fantastic. And from a technical perspective, I have a Wurlitzer and I, I mean, you really have to do an overhaul of the complete amplification system to get it just to sound so fucking good. Like it sounds on this. I've never heard one sound as good as in, in as like full as I ever have on, in, on this album. It does. It it sounds really, really nice. And that's one thing I was going to ask you. I was like, wait, what is that? Because I was like, obviously, I've heard, you know, that sound a lot. But, yeah. Um, <clears throat> just just the overall sound of this album, the way I'd kind of describe it, it's like I, I describe it sort of as like psychedelic soul. Yeah, that's yeah, sure. Kind of what, 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 what I think of it as. That's a good um, way I to mean, say it. Just just overall, I mean, um, you know, just they put a lot of effect on her vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of sitar. Uh, well, I think that's actually a pedal. Are, well, but but that sound, right, yeah, yeah. Right. The sitar sound, yeah. yes. Um, and uh, just the background vocals are just killer in this album. Yeah, I mean, they just did a phenomenal job. I really like what they what they did with them. Um, and now you saw her. I was just going to say that. Yeah, yeah on what, this tour, what was that? What was that setup like when they played? I guess you know you talk you talk about other songs, but specifically songs off of this album. Yeah, um, did they have the background singers? Yes, and what was that? Yeah, setup she like? had three background singers, and they all completely held it down. There's somebody just on keyboards. Um, there was she played guitar quite a bit, not for every single song, but for most of them. And uh, they yeah. also had another guitar player as well, and you know a drummer. A drummer named Anthony. My drummer, yeah. Uh, but drummer. the, the yeah. show was one of the best concerts I've ever seen. I was so blown away with how how full and uh, what a good job they did with it. Because, I mean, obviously people, you know, they're not trying to necessarily make it exactly like what you heard on the album. But they, they really, it just is so well done. So well done. Dude, very cool. Yeah, I would like to have seen her. I think I was supposed to see her, and then I ended up scheduling a trip. So mm, I couldn't do it. So yeah. it was either see her or go on the trip. I decided for the trip. Uh, but yeah. I am looking forward to, uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully seeing her slash them uh, soon on the next yeah. tour, whenever that is. Um, now, but I guess back to this album. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say the same thing, because one thing I want to talk about is there was a pretty good amount of, I mean, hype that I remember for this album coming out. I remember hearing the first single off it, Pay Your Way in Pain, and as soon as you hear and that's the opener, but as soon as you hear that, right. I mean, I heard that, and I was like, I think I'm going to like this album a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think I remember hearing it, or I think I remember our buddy Forrest telling us like hey you got to check this out and i was like oh okay cool and i was like whoa uh because i'd been listening to a lot of the self-title album and obviously it's, it's very different than that yeah um so it's 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 cool to see just different artists not stick to their stick to their shtick i guess yeah That's probably the way yeah I would for say. sure you know it's like hey you know always doing something different now one thing i will say is i i guess i would have expected and i, I listened to s- uh, several interviews and stuff but uh there isn't a lot of a ton of documented information, I suppose, other than information really about the album. And I know that the title is one thing, 
um, where her father actually was in prison. And I, and I think some of this, especially like the song daddy's home, she talks about going to see him in prison. Yeah. 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 And that's essentially, it was the inspiration for this album and he got released at the end of, uh, end of 2019. So, um, I, I haven't done any research or any background. I'm sure you probably could find it um, to find out, like, I guess what he was in prison. The for, story is there. It is kind of interesting. And, and 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 another thing that's interesting, too, is I feel like a lot of celebrities or musicians, typically they they'd probably stay away from that or or their publicist would be like, yeah, let's not um, let's 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 not do that. Let's not bring light to this because it's it could. You know what I mean? And, I really so, like the fact uh, that I it, thought it was interesting. Yeah, she's, she's just like, really straight. open about that and, and, you know, name the album accordingly. Um, yeah, she certainly did. So one thing I have to say, again, a lot of hype about it. I don't think the reviews were quite as good as is definitely I think the the music is. Um I'm looking at a couple year end lists and they mm. they uh these five different magazines, Consequence, Rolling Stone, Slant, Spin and the Guardian, all did the fifty best albums of twenty twenty one. Dude, Consequence and Rolling Stone ranked at fifty. Wow. I, I no I'm sorry, dude. Gotta throw out a big fat. What the fuck is that shit? Uh, because yes. it just, dude. It, but see now, um, slant ranked at number two. I think that's probably more in the ballpark of where it belongs, in my opinion. Do you know what they rank number one? No, but probably something oh, okay. right. brilliant. I I, I'm sure. Hopefully it was Parquet Courts, because that's the only other album that I would put over it. Oh, you mean the one who ranked this one, too? Yeah, I would would say those, yeah, those are your two biggest contenders. But to rank it 50th, I'm just like, no. No. Sorry. Sorry. But yeah, like you were saying, you know, there's there's not a ton of, uh, at least that I could find, a ton of information out there about the production and everything. Um, so I don't know if we want to get into the tracks, but yeah, one thing I will say, it was recorded in four different studios. Um, one of them being electric lady studios in New York, um, came into creation, you know, via sort of Jimi Hendrix, Eddie Kramer had a lot to do with that. Uh, And then a couple of places, yeah, a couple of places in Los Angeles, which, um, that's, that's kind of cool. I would imagine just to kind of go around to different spaces and. But but obviously was there another one in Texas. I I, I thought she did that was that was Texas her too. her self titled one. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Then that's that's what that was. That's yeah, what that was. I, I do like the fact that it was um, uh, from a time perspective, it was made like almost as if she made it for the vinyl format. I mean, it oh, it, okay. it slices real nicely down the middle. It has a couple of these little musical interludes in it, and it just it it cuts up real nice for for that format. Really nice. So, um, I didn't know a ton about Jack Antonoff 
Uh, but I think he should get a real big nod as producer on this one because I think the the sound and the sound quality and the whole vibe of it really ties together amazingly well. And his work on it is is you know obviously um, pretty awesome too. Um, he played drums on most of the album, uh, bass, piano, synth, mellotron, clavinet. I mean, you know, the the guy's obviously really talented. <laughs> Yeah, I remember him uh, when we did our first impressions of it. I yeah. remember looking up um, some some information, and he had done a lot of work with with uh, just a lot of other musicians. I think here we got like some Taylor Swift, some Lana Del Rey, Lord, yeah. the Chicks, um, the Chicks, you know, Steel yeah. Train, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, he's obviously done his uh, fair share of. Uh, of, and he, and he's in some bands not just, too that are you know like fairly popular in their own right. Yeah, yeah. It's so, interesting. I, I don't know that yeah. that's pretty cool. I mean, he's it's it's kind of funny. He's worked with almost every major female artist. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> popular you know in, indie artist like like you could think of uh, pretty much in the past you know I don't know x amount of years. So he's. He's got a clientele, that's for sure. Yeah, well, it's, it's you know, the the uh, work is certainly not suffering, I will say that. Definitely not. All right, so shall we start off? The tracks, room? yeah. Pay Your Way in Pain, the uh, debut single yep. from the album. Yeah, I, one thing I really, um, that caught me about this is I, I, I love the, um, uh, I don't want to say like subdued by any means but the drums are right in the pocket and the synth does a really nice job of kind of driving that beat the the synth bass is is real real nice on it yeah it i I think it's funny how she kind of they kind of fake you out in the beginning like it's dented it oh yeah yeah with the piano and then then it just yeah then it just kind of turns on a dime and gets like real just kind of like funky yeah because i do remember cool. hearing that initial intro and i was thinking huh this is not what i expected and then it just kind of smacks right. you in the in the ear holes yeah yeah in in a weird way dude it, for some reason the song always always reminds me of the song fame oh I, <laughs> like, yeah i can see I, that I, you know just kind of the way she, you know, sings. Yeah. Well, you mentioned um, what did you call it? Like a like a retro soul, but it, it reminds uh, psychedelic soul. Psychedelic soul. It, when you said that, it reminded me of because um, the period when when Bowie did Fame, I think he considered his okay, plastic yeah. soul period. Because you know he, okay. he felt like he All was right. a white dude doing this like funky kind of soul music, so they called it plastic, which I thought was kind of funny. right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But this song really sets the tone right off. Um, you know, the, the way she sings it, um, is, is, is kind of interesting. It's almost like she's kind of doing this, I would say ad lib, but it's almost like free flow. It's not yeah, like yeah. A, a regular song that you just sing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it rapping by any means, but it's, no, but it's, it's you know, yeah, yeah. It, it's like heading toward that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For, for her style. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> then we move on to the second track, Down and Out, Downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, again, well, I love the groove that this song has, but I think this is where 
we first on the album get introduced to what I would call the sitar. Yes. You think that's a pedal, is that? Yes, is that, I do. So, like, what is that? They're, it's just a pedal through the guitar? And, well, and how did they do that? Li- when you saw them live, is that kind it of was, what they It did? was just via pedal. But there's there's actually, um, there, and she may have had this. I don't know if it specifically calls it out. Uh, oh, it, it's, it's called the sitar guitar, yeah. But basically, um, I want to say, like, in the probably 60s, um, they came out with this like electric sitar and it's like a guitar, but it has sympathetic strings and just the way the, the strings ring kind of has that sitar sound. Um, you would probably recognize it from a little track called listen to what the flower people say. I think there's a really yes. nice electric sitar solo. Listen. Yeah. Do what the flower. So if you're a Spinal Tap fan, um, that that may be a good foray into the electric sitar. But yeah, I I'm, I know that there's pedals out there that do it too. Yeah. And I don't remember uh, anyone pulling out that that funky guitar when I saw her. Okay, but, you know. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was curious as just uh, how they you know how they did that part live, but. Uh, let me move on to the self-titled track, Daddy's Home. Yeah, probably like tied for my favorite one on the album. And you said that's, is that the Wurlitzer? Oh, is yeah, that, dude. He's I, and I've okay. just, I've right. never, never heard it sound that good, honestly. It's like, uh, because out of your two electric pianos, that and the Rhodes, the Wurlitzer has this real defined sort of high end, um, and it has it has its okay. own kind of bite, but it's in the higher registers where the Rhodes is more like a growl in the 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 lower to mid range. Okay, but they they capitalize yeah. on it so well, and it really uh, has its own vibe that I just uh, again tough to say that I've ever heard it recorded that well. Cool, man. Oh, that's good. But now, yeah, I mean, I, I, oh, go on. yeah, good. No, I was just gonna say, no, I, yeah, I, I, I dig this song and I, I like, I do love when they kind of all sing like daddy's home. Daddy's oh home, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's just kind of, I don't know. It's, I know this is a, I mean, I imagine sort of a serious album for her in ways, but at the same time, uh, I, I think the theme of it and, you know, and whatnot for the inspiration, but it seems like at, there's parts where it's kind of funny and, and light a little yeah, bit too. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know why I, I, I get that sort of feeling. And maybe that's the psychedelic kind of part that's drifting in a, l- a little bit. Yeah. But I, I do agree. Like it doesn't, uh, and maybe it's because the music has that feeling. So there's, there's a really nice contrast between somewhat kind of odd and heavy lyrical content, but, but the song sounds really opposite that I suppose. Definitely. Yeah. So, dude, track number four, right? Live in the dream. Uh, when we did our first impression last year, this is a song that really stood out to me because when I heard it, the song that it immediately reminded me of was "Us and Them" by Pink Floyd. Oh, like, it just it it. But has even a little slower. Sl- but yeah, yeah, I, I can see yeah, why you would it, say that. It, Man, it just does like so much. I, I heard that and I was like, "Whoa, okay." Yeah, I, I mean, it it starts off really, um, really, really slow. Um, but one thing I heard is, I, and I don't remember who she cited, um, 
but she had heard this uh, because the the lyric, what is it? Um, I can't live in the dream. The dream lives in me. And and I think that was was somebody talking about like even kind of their their dream regarding their like to to do their musical career or whatever. Like they can't just get lost in this fantasy. Like the the dream is always in them, but they but you still have to make it happen. Sort of sort of a, a sentiment, which is which is interesting. Um, and, and I think kind of a, a good <laughs> message, really. No, that is fair. I mean. You can be given all the gifts in the world and the keys to the castle, but you still got to put the key in the door. Yeah. Now, one thing that always stood out to me is as the song picks up a little bit near the end and it gets really nice and kind of lush, I guess is a good term. But dude, that guitar solo that she throws in there is is sounds just massive. And and I did they did she play this live when you saw her? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and okay. it was, you yeah. know, awesome. Um, and awesome. when I heard it, I was really, you know, of course, my brain goes to thinking like, well, how did they record that? <laughs> you know, and I and I would imagine, you know, if it, you're in the right size room, you just kind of put a couple amps like in the corners and stick out a ways. And I think the sound of not trying to double something, but maybe recording it twice a little differently. You know what I mean? Okay. It kind of it kind of creates sense. this thickness without that doubling it which can kind of I think works in a lot of ways but some not all the time. You know. Yeah. No, I got gotcha. you. I'll got gotcha. you. Um <clears throat> let me move on to the the second single off the album, I believe. Yes, the melt yeah, it is. The Melting of the Sun. Um again, another like to me, this is a real, not just um, in sound, but just like the melting of the sun. Like that's so psychedelic. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> you know, and um, and it does but, yeah, have that kind of you know the sitar again, and um, it it does bringing it back. Um, but dude, to me, what really stands out in this song is is the the vocals or the background vocals of this song. Yeah, right? is just 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 amazing because um you know she says something and then in the background they yeah say, like it's just the sun and then so watch it burn like it, mm-hmm. uh, it, it they just sound so perfect in in this song i really really love it now one thing i think is interesting about this one is it talks i i believe a lot about some of her um I don't want to say idols, but like uh, female role models. Um, and if you you listen in and to to what fates they were they were met with. Um, and the one line that stood out to me is the one that says, "Poor Nina got subpoenaed for singing Mississippi Good Goddamn," because oh, Nina yeah. Simone had this song called Mississippi Goddamn, which was about like the hanging of a black man okay. in the South. And she like yeah. took some major shit for it at the time when it came out because this really? was during you know obviously when uh, not to not to say that everything's like cool now but when racism tensions were <laughs> yeah. like super high and and things were not good yeah no. and there's there's yeah. a lot of yeah. other um, you know Last all summer. the little <laughs> stories you know within the song are about these different women. Um, but that was the only one that, without like totally reading into it and digging in super deep, I knew that one right off the bat. 
because of that right. song. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. Well, then we move on to humming interlude one. Now there are, there are sort of, there are three of these types of songs, I guess you could say, um, very just kind of, I don't know, trippy abstract a little bit, but this one, this one to me, actually, I, I, I probably of, of the three of those songs, this is the one I would say I like the most. Okay. Um, it's just kind of kind of her vocals and acoustic, just kind of like way off in the yeah. background and sort of dreamy. That, and everything. that part I really um, like, and I think those those fit in well in the in the album. Yeah, and and I'm curious as to these. Like, I wonder if these are just like you know other songs she was kind of fooling around with, or, and and she just took little snippets, maybe, or, or just just she just goofing had this, around all together. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, like warming exactly. up for something, yeah. or yeah. I, I know I do too. Yeah, but it's it's a cool either way. It's a cool use of them, and it would actually be awesome if they were something that became other songs down the line in like another album, and you know to hear that at that stage of infancy. Sure. Yeah, and I mean, shoot, these could be like B sides or something that we just haven't heard. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, now yeah. apparently there's yeah. a B side. Oh, New York. That was actually a. Uh, song I think from a different album but yeah, that was on the Japanese you. edition ah, so okay. Japanese that's edition. cool featuring Yoshiki Yoshimi Yoshiki close <laughs> Yoshiki Bill so the Dude. laughing man so funny um, very yeah very slow yeah um, st- starts off and uh, again, yeah, to me, this has it just like the overall feel of this song has, has like this sort of like psychedelic, uh, psychedelic, like melting feeling. Like, I part of me is just like, dude, I could just see myself like when they fall asleep in the poppy field in the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, oh, yeah, like it's just kind of like I, I, the vibe of it to me is very similar to uh, Live in the Dream, honestly, kind of the way it comes in. But I like how the, the lyrics are a little uh, kind of more playful because instead of having the background singers, you know, she says like 911, and then there's that dude that sounds like yeah. a 911 <laughs> operator where he's like, 911, yeah. what's your emergency? It's kind of fun. I, I think that was um, that witty, was- witty. 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 Very. Well, then, Grim, now we have the songs of the same name. Oh, yeah. Song down. Yeah, a lot of STP. them. STP. Yeah, there's probably more. Yeah, well, oh, there's, there's a there's lot. The yeah. Version. Uh, yeah, there is the more version. Yeah. Down. We're going down to the sky. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's a nice change uh, up in terms of feel because it, it kind of really punches things up again. Yeah, and is this is he um, playing the Wurlitzer again on this one? Uh, I think so. Is that in here? Okay, all right. Because I, I heard so. something in there, and I was like, oh, "That's that could probably it." Um, but yeah, dude, it has kind of like a. Um, I guess what I would say, yeah, like you said, it picks up a little bit, but it has almost like this poppy sort of beat mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, it um, does. And then you know they bring in the the, the sitar again, um, which is yeah certainly not lacking, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's parts. It's it's really interesting. Almost the first, I don't know if it's a half of the song. 
Um, and then there's parts, I guess, towards the end too, but um, it almost sounds a little disjointed and then things just kind of like all come together and then it really jams for a bit, which, which I really like, but it's it kind of cool how I, I like it when songs are a little bit like that a little bit and you're like, yeah, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> I do then, like boom. the beginning, how it comes in with just that, the, the whirly and like the, the little synth kind of in there that, that I do like the intro. I will say, um, lyrically uh certainly not my favorite i mean it's it's uh okay i don't know it's it's just it's really cliche i mean it like if you took those lyrics and uh put it to a different sort of feel and everything it could be an acdc song (laughs) i i could all right i mean yeah because dude what do they sing about basically like like fighting and drinking and you know like there isn't a lot of depth there and i guess this this always just Dude. struck me as a song that lyrically did not have the depth of the other stuff on the album i gotcha man if you could find the stems online you should do a mashup <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be sweet <laughs> that'd be pretty cool yeah um all right then we we move on to our second humming interlude number two um, this is actually me, this my favorite. More like it's like, is it really? It sounds like no, it's Arbor Walker. I don't know. That's the, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Okay. I like them oh, all the same. I, I thought it was like, yeah, yeah, they're all the same. Yeah, I'm the same way. You're like Peter, or what's his name? No, Michael Bolden. <laughs> <laughs> like I just kind of like them all. Yeah, I'm the same way too. <laughs> yeah. No, I know, I know what you mean uh, about the sound of, of underwater, dude. It's it's uh, that low pass filter, man. Low pass filter. Yeah, you can make such a, a such a good filter. Oh, dude, the best kind, the best kind of passing. <laughs> you know, it doesn't give you a grade. It yeah. just you either pass or you don't. So uh, yeah, pass or fail, definitely. Um, all right, somebody like me. Yeah, I I like this one. It's because it's to me. I think you do actually. There's some acoustic guitar even in that little breakdown in the song sure. "Daddy's Home," but it's very predominant in this one but, in the way it's picked and everything. Yeah. It it kind of has a nice classic feel. Yeah, and to me, this is almost this song. Um, well, you could also argue with "Humming Interlude" too, but this. Um, uh, <laughs> With somebody like me, this is almost where the album I think takes for me a little bit of a left turn. Oh, um, okay. I feel like the the, the remaining songs kind of get away from what I you know called um, you know that I don't know that psychedelic soul. Well, with the exception of humming interlude three, yes. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. of course, with the exception of that. Um, I yeah, do know what song, you mean. Um, it, it's it, it is there is a quite a turn. Does it say what's on? What side? It drifts. Oh, B. It starts with the Laughing Man. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, really? But okay. but I, I you're right. I can't say that it ever picks up in the same way. It almost just kind of winds down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of how uh, how I you know last or when I listened to it again just recently, I was like, wow, okay. I, it almost felt like a. I wouldn't say a different album, but it's I know there, what you there's mean. a change. Um yeah. well and um, we'll get to that one, but the next one, my baby wants a baby. My baby wants a baby. 
Now, uh, of course, to, I think it's it's known that um, that that song is. Did you hear, go on. What were you gonna I, say? Actually, I, well, I read that the inspiration for this song was the Ace of Base song, um, "All That She Wants." Did you know that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's really funny. That's really yeah. funny. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> another baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, right, um, uh, uh, but that song, My Baby Takes the Morning Train. Do you know that? My yeah. Baby Takes by Sheena Easton. You, you would know it. Um, uh, yeah, you, you have to listen to it, but it's a very famous uh, song, and I think it was from the movie 9 to 5. Um, okay. But yeah, right. it's My Baby Takes the Morning Train. And it's not even... My kind of ours. It's not even... Like a little bit like it. It is. It is the exact same melody to that song. I mean, it, oh, it really okay. is. Okay. When you listen to it, it's not even like. Is there a lawsuit? <laughs> uh, no, but I do think if you look at the credits, the writing credits for that song, she did have to include um, whoever wrote uh, that song. Probably a good idea, just a CYA. Yeah, right? and who knows? There may be some sort of a royalty split because I mean, and that's one of the ones where if you if you were to hear that there was a lawsuit, you wouldn't think, man, that person's really being a dickhead. Like you're kind of, like, I, I get that one. Yeah, I, I get you know, it. I get it. Um, but for for that reason, I can't hear this song and not hear my baby takes the morning train. I I, I cannot separate the two because it's it's so much it okay okay you cannot not do it no i cannot do it (laughs) (laughs) i cannot do it okay all right and i do think though oh go ahead i was just gonna say no, no continue i do find the um the lyrical content on this one kind of weird. It's basically like I'm not ready to grow up. I can relate. Well, yeah, but it's yeah, it, it's just kind of funny. You know, her thing is like I want to play like guitar idea. all day, and I mean, I, I like playing guitar too, but I'd switch over at some point to other instruments. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, Grim, you need to announce the next song. At the holiday party? No. Dot, dot, dot. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you say the dot, 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 or you just say this? Yeah, you would. (laughs) Well, no. no. I would just, yeah, just like at the end. No, either that or it's just, um, it's just like a pause. You just say the next song is at the holiday party. Holiday party. Which I, party. I think this is an interesting song because when I hear it to me, it's almost like that time where uh, if you were having a party where it's like kind of winding down and people are just like getting their shit before they leave. Yeah, I can definitely dude, see that. It, because um, you know the saying, dude, the last one at the party never has their shit together. <laughs> From Arbuckle Swan Song. Oh, yeah. Arbuckle Song Song. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. That was oh, such dude. a good Arbuckle song. One of my song. favorite Man. songs ever because that line <sighs> is so good, dude. Dude, and that's on like the EP, right? Yeah, the Ambulance Limited EP. Yeah. Oh, dang. Man. So true, though. Dude, that's it. Dude, the last one true. at the party never does have their shit together, man. I mean, it's. 
Uh, well, an Arbuckle Swan song plays on the flight. All, all the way, way from, from LA to, to Hong Kong. Kong. All the way to Hong Kong. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Moving on. Candy Darling. Um, I think this was another famous. Um, I think she was an actress. I think I, I can't. I I oh. don't claim to be a Candy Darling historian, but I do believe she was a, a famous actress. Hmm, interesting. And I'm gonna look. Well, no, oh yeah, an like, American act. Boy, it almost looked like she kind of borrowed her the look. Look. Yeah, from her a little that would, bit. That would make sense then. Um, it's. Oh, she was a Warhol uh, superstar, dude. Okay. Well, this this song does have like an just kind of like an older feeling to it. Yeah. Like, you know, um, and the way she sings it and everything again, very different than um, a lot of the other songs. I, I think preceding it. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, you know, her, her vocals in it sound, they're very upfront and they're just so full. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and pretty, I mean, I think there's probably a, you know, some, some reverb and stuff on it, but they're, they're also very little space. Clean yeah. Yeah. You're right though. Very yeah. clean. And, and there, there are times I think throughout the album where they, they have a lot of effects on them, but yeah, just that, just that, um, I don't want to say dryness because, like you said, there's a little space. But yeah, just the the absence of of any sort of processing is is kind of is nice exactly. and classic. And then you just yes. you know you're like, although the album 23. took a turn, what can I do to tie the room together? As the dude would say, got to let's recenter. Right? Yeah, so you just decide to make humming humming interlude three humming and yeah. And That's again, it. it's very like underwater, dreamy, you know, it's yeah. So, yeah, um, we're about ready to scratch here, Grim. I, I, I don't know. Um, you want to tee it up or. Yeah, sure. I'll tee it up. OK. All right. Well, first and foremost, what's what's your what's your favorite song on ah. interlude two? Yeah. Funny <laughs> interlude two. Humming interlude two. Damn it. You got it. Um. You know, I dude, I kind of, I think at first I would have said pay your way in pain, but there's something about daddy's home that still has that kind of funky vibe that I really, really like, but the song is just crafted and put together so perfectly with the breaks and the vocals that you talked about. Daddy, something, daddy, something, like everything about it is so awesome. Like, yeah, I, I just, I'm like, man, you cannot listen to that song without having a smile on your face like it's it's just a hot right, track right. and that is my favorite yeah. what about you okay yeah for me for similar reasons um i but i'm gonna go with the melting of the sun Ooh, um because nice i just choice. i love the the i love the background vocals on it with it's just the sun yeah right? it's it's so good man i do really uh, like the subtle clavinet playing in that song too and the clavinet's clean there's no wah pedal which normally is associated with that sound um i like that okay anyways i like it yeah i like it a lot so um, yeah scratch so, time who used to you scratching grim well, I dude, if I was gonna use an implement to scratch this one, I would go with a straight razor blade because based on the way the cover looks, it looks like in this apartment or wherever she's at, there's probably a straight razor blade sitting on top of a mirror that people were cutting up a lot of lines of coke with because that's just the vibe I get <laughs> in looking at that the cover and the feel of everything. 
So I'm going to use a straight razor on this one. And dude, without question, I knew from the first time I heard it, I'm scratching my baby wants a baby because I can't take the song out of it. My baby takes the morning train. I gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. I, I, I can see that. That was actually, if we were going to, we're not going to go into overtime. Oh, um, but, but if we were going to go into overtime, that was going to be my, my overtime scratch. Oh, um, oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I did skip over the humming interlude ones. Um, oh, for a or, scratch or interludes. I shouldn't say one, two or three. Like, I mean, it, I just feel like those would be too easy to, you know. And, and what scratch. are they hurting? Um, they're, they're nice little interludes. Yeah, but they ain't, they ain't hurting, but they ain't helping either. Like, I don't need an interlude. Whoa. I'm good. At least, you know, Whoa. to be honest, I could do without two and three. The first one, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But I could do without two No, you did mention that um, one is your favorite. Yeah, I know. Uh, but the one I am actually going to scratch is the track before yours, and that's uh, Somebody Like Me. Oh, uh, okay. And and that's to me, that's where I really feel like the, the album kind of kind of turns a little bit. And, you know, I like, you know, I, I would call it the last third of the album. Like, it, it's fine. But, you know, I would scratch both of those songs. And to be honest, I think actually ending on Candy Darling uh, would be would be great. Um, oh, wow. Not even needing the, th- the third humming. But, um, <laughs> I, you know, I I just what if I interlude three whole... was between the holiday party and Candy Darling? Fine. <laughs> Fine. OK, I think I just needed an album of humming interludes. <laughs> yeah. That's probably what I need. Well, I heard there's yeah. an expanded edition in the works with a with a second vinyl Great. that's all humming interlude options. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet man, Dude, no, I can't wait for yeah, that. Yeah, it's coming out on marble, crystallized purple vinyl. I don't know. Um, yeah. Now, this is an exercise that I would like to do, and I don't know when we would ever revisit this on the show. Uh, okay. But I want you to force yourself to listen to the song "My Baby Takes the Morning Train" a minimum of ten times in a row. To the point where it will undoubtedly get stuck in your head because it's it's just a great pop song. And once that is firmly stuck in your head, try to go back and listen to My Baby Wants a Baby and tell me if you can do it. Probably can't like unhear it. All right. Yeah, you just it's dude, it's never the same. It's like, yeah, once you look at the picture of the weightlifter on the internet, dude, you can't unsee that. <laughs> uh uh uh. No, you can't. Uh, that's gotta be embarrassing. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up here. Agree. It is. And you know, one quick thing before we sign off, we, we really should have told everyone to go ahead and like subscribe and comment below. Forgot that. So if you haven't already and you made it this far, maybe you already did, but if you didn't do all 12 of you, if you haven't done it yet, then please do. So, All right, Grim. I think Daddy is finally home. Yeah. It's time to go. The Dude and Grim track is produced by The Dude and Grim. Additional music provided by Moore. That's dot, 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 M-O-R-E. And the Tims, T-I-M-N-Z. Copyright 2022. The Dude and Grim Show.